Hello and welcome back to the Little Lilo's Petcast. I am your host, James, and today we are looking at the episode Pet Sounds. We begin at Sweet Delights, where young me is trying to talk to Buttercream in that loud, slow way. I may have been a bit too hard on Minkin tongue-tied, but she did say that she was a master of languages when she wasn't. Although, I mean, they are both teens, her and young me, and to be completely fair, Pepper did the same thing with Blythe in the first episode. After Blythe figured out she can understand the animals. It's this whole weird thing. Where, like, you really shouldn't. But, I mean, I guess it shouldn't be too hard on you. If you do it, if you're this young, because you might not know better. You know, you really should teach people not to do that. And, like, sometimes, like, demonstrating it not being good is not enough. So, Young Me asks how Blythe can speak to animals. Blythe says she's unsure of how it happens. She just knows how to speak with animals. Young Me tries it some more, and when Buttercream responds in her usual Buttercream way... Youngmi says, I think she said I'm fine. Blythe says that that wasn't quite right. And Buttercream says, what? And Youngmi asks what she said. And then Blythe says, what? And they keep saying what back and forth. And then Buttercream does her little tray with her eyes and her ears and the hopping of the foot. She then goes into something really buttercreamy. And it ends with, what you talking about, Phyllis? And Blythe says, you know, some things just don't translate well. Indeed, if I were speaking in tongues, I wouldn't be able to translate that. Is that why she's so odd? Okay, we kind of went over this. So, just just to review... Aunt Christie, according to Twitter, is a demon, a demon lord, something like that. I cannot fish the tweet for the life of me. Anyway, so because of this, she's able to have like something more beastly as a pet. And plucked Buttercream out from, like, an area in between universes where she was left. And so maybe there's something to that. So, there's that. After the theme song, then, uh, we see a monkey with a helmet at the pet shop. And Mrs. Tomley asks if he's accident-prone. The owner, a man by the name of Professor Superman, says that that's not what the helmet is for. He says he's been working on a pet translator, as he believes that animals can talk to their owners. It's just a matter of translation. 
Mrs. T is interested, and he turns it on, but all that comes out of the translator is gibberish. The professor thinks that this is how pets talk and is disappointing, because that won't win him the Toppleton Award. So he's going to present his findings alone because he doesn't want to embarrass Cheap Cheap along with himself. And he drops him off here because he always loves a visit from his cousin Minka. So Cheap Cheap wants to say goodbye. And it's very clear that that's what's up. But it mistranslates again and when the professor leaves dejected, Cheap Cheap is also sad. Minka greets Cheap Cheap, and then so do the rest of the pets. Minka wonders what the helmet is for. Cheap Cheap explains that it's supposed to be a translator, but he turns it on and shows that it doesn't work to everyone. And everyone laughs except for Minka. Cheap Cheap agrees that it's funny, but he's upset that that's how the professor thinks he talks, and if it did work, he could tell him that it didn't. So... You know, we're just going to go for one of the points I've written down. The other point, uh, I'll move later. So, I'm just kind of fascinated with how translation works. Like, you really have to establish a good base to see the differences between languages and where they are in the world and like it's really complicated and I'd be interesting to s interested to see like how that starts like like really we we don't have well aside from like like some like stragglers that we promised not to you know discover because we don't want to bring disease to them and just want them to live but there are no new languages to translate as far as I know and I would love to see how that process begins because like even if we we do have solid bases for a lot of things, because humans share a lot of things, like between cultures, between like generations, between like places, there there there's always a word for something. Just it's just complicated, and I would love to know how that works, but I don't know. Like, that's a fascinating thing. And I guess, like, the next step is to translate pets into a human language. So says the show. But it was already established that pets just speak different human languages. So... I'm not 100% sure what the barrier is, because, like, like, there's no species barrier. There's language barrier and then animal barrier. 
But that animal barrier is poorly defined because, like, every animal can talk to every other animal. So it can't be, like, a physical trait shared between all animals because all animals don't share all any physical traits. And, like, if it's, like, a mental thing, maybe, but this is... This is something that the series does not define, even though it probably should. Maybe... It's it's hard to figure out, because, like, it's also trying to be, like, a charming kids show that, like, I don't know, you can follow. But, like, I feel like this could work still. Like, there could be, like, a deeper lore that you don't have to know, but for those curious, it could be there. So anyway, um, getting back to the episode for a second, uh, Penny and Zoe have an aside as they thank everything that they can talk to Blythe, but they do wish that they could talk to everyone, especially their owners. And then the pets launch into a power ballad about wanting to speak with humans and all the things that that would allow them to do. Also, it seems to be implied that Pepper's owner is single and on the prowl. So we know that Zoe has a married couple for owners, but it only shows the wife. We already know that Penny Ling's owner is a zookeeper. Apparently all not on the prowl, though. Maybe the zoo is his wife? That sounds weirder than it is. I don't know. We we don't get a glimpse into everyone, but like we do know Russell is owned by an old couple. I don't know. We only see one person from that as well. So it also gets into some like human stuff like like, what do you want to eat, or edgy sweaters, or, you know, something that could actually be helpful, like, hey, I know that's a sleazy salesman behind the door because I can smell him, and that's not the mailman, even though you think it is, and you're expecting the mailman, it's just a salesman. Okay, so it's a pretty good power ballad, all things considered. It's, like, nice and fun... And it's like, ah, uh, it's so, it, it's touching in a way. Because, like, like, the pets just want to understand humans, and humans want to understand pets. It's almost as if the, the barrier should be defined so that they can work towards a way to, you know, getting over it. But... Like, the only known barrier is that it's humans and all other animals. <laughs> like, at best, the thing I can think of is that there's a thing in humans that prevents communication with other animals. Which can make sense in its own right. Especially... With, like, a few issues when it comes to being a human. But it seems like in this universe, 
uh, you know, animals aren't too far off from being human. So it's not even that. Again, this really shouldn't matter, but it just bugs me all the same. So afterwards, Cheap Cheap is upset and needs some alone time. So he takes off the helmet and just uh, hangs off the tire swing. So the pets try on the helmet to see what they get and have a good laugh at it. And they fight over it and eventually it slides out the pet door. Russell goes to get it and puts it on. And young me comes in and Russell speaks into the thing. And uh, what comes out of the translator is happy diphthong. And Young Me hears it and then gets really excited and asks Russell to repeat it. And he repeats it. Happy diphthong and all. So the device may be incorrect, but it's consistent, which is impressive in some way. So she calls out to Blythe, saying that she can understand Russell. Blythe is confused, and Young Me explains that Russell said happy diphthong. Russell says that this helmet makes him say weird stuff, which translates to my toes are pickled. Young Me is excited about this, but Blythe explains that the helmet apparently is the one doing this, and it's pretty not calibrated right. It makes them say weird stuff. Blythe takes the helmet, um, turns it off, and asks Russell where he got it. Russell explains that it belongs to Cheap Cheap, Minka's cousin. And I just kind of thought of this as I was type. well, when I was typing it, I just thought of it, but, um... So, Minka is pink, but Cheep Cheep is brown. Is this a genealogical thing? Or is this Pokemon rules, where Minka is pink because she's a female monkey, and male monkeys are brown? And if it was Pokemon rules, that would explain why every animal can understand every other animal, and... Pokemon can understand humans and not the other way around where humans can't understand Pokemons, but it, like as neat of an idea as this would be, I don't think that should work with real animals because they're real animals and, you know, not Pokemon. Like, Pokemon like, is like a fantasy world of sorts where like like even the people in the Pokemon world like have not unlocked all of the mysteries of Pokemon like we get bits and pieces like throughout everything because they, they have like you know a god type figure they have like an originator of all Pokemon and Mew like, certain things have things. Like, like there are probably good reasons 
that all Pokemon can understand each other in the mediums we've seen Pokemon talking to each other. And also, like, the thing that Pokemon doesn't seem to get into is other languages, because for all intents and purposes, everyone in Pokemon speaks the same language, mostly. Like, except for, like, Team Rocket a Go-Go, maybe. Like, he was supposed to be speaking in a different language. It's really confusing, but, like... Like, in the anime, for example, everyone speaks the same language. It's just a matter of where it's broadcasting. That depends on what language is being presented. Meanwhile, this universe has different languages that is known. This is... This is... Like, as much as I would like it to be like Pokemon, it just, I don't think it works because, like, it's, it falls apart too quickly. So, Blaith returns the helmet to Cheap Cheap and says that she heard about the problem it has and, like, how it makes you say weird stuff. Cheap Cheap complains and he wishes that he could be understood by his owner for real. Young Me asks what he said, and Blaith translates verbatim. So, okay, I forgot to tackle this earlier, but I don't think the translator is a bad idea. Like, like this translator would have to be a universal translator, because it, it also has, like, other languages on top of the unspecified animal human barrier thing. But I like the idea of a universal translator, but not a universal language. And, like, a universal translator could be more useful. But it is just a matter of getting the complexities of languages down and tracking the evolution of the languages and also regional differences and just you know borrowed words like verbatim that's clearly a latin word if you know latinish like that's not even how i would spell it like verbatim is apparently spelled v-e-r-b-a-t-i-m but i would have put a u where the i is but you know what what do words mean anything? But, like, a universal translator is a good idea. It just needs to, you know, figure out the complexities of language. And that's kind of a hard thing to do. But, I mean, a computer could probably do it. So, back to the episode. I've made a lot of segues for this episode, so just be patient. So Cheap Cheap hears this and thinks that the device is now working. So he's too excited to hear the pets try to tell him that this is only a power that Blythe has 
and he wants to go to the college and he asks how and Minka says study hard as a joke but cheap cheap things to just ask people now that the helmet works and he just walks out of the window Mrs. Tomley really should investigate insecurity measures because that really shouldn't happen the pet door I can understand like Blythe maybe that no that's whatever so later the pets are yammering on and this scene begins as to what we hear from young me's perspective and i really like this about this episode because it's important to the episode but it's also just really interesting because normally we just hear from blythe's perspective like there are times where like we hear animals from the animal sounds but this is the first episode and i think only episode maybe that really works with this so anyway blythe explains that cheap cheap escaped and wants to go to the college uh so back in the understanding of pets blythe explains that the helmet doesn't work so why does cheap jeep think it does so the pets explains that uh since blythe understood him he thought that the helmet worked and wanted to show his owner blythe asks how he's going to get there and the pets explains that since he thinks the helmet works he's just going to ask people so meanwhile uh young me lost in all of this thinks cheap cheap must be smart if he's going to college blythe says that they have to leave before cheap cheap gets into trouble minka volunteers herself and russell to go along with young me and she and uh blythe so outside blythe asks which way he went russell and minka point in different directions russell says that the college is this way Minka says that monkeys are drawn to trees, which are over there in the park. So, eventually they agree to split up, but Minka wants to go alone, and Blythe does not want that. Young Me asks what's going on, and Blythe explains the situation and asks her to take uh, Minka. Young Me is worried about the undefined barrier, but... Blythe says that uh, she'll figure it out as they leave. So Minka shrieks and Young Me repeats it, the shriek, I mean, in an attempt to figure it out. So I guess even Young Me can get in her own head at times. Usually she's pretty confident. So, I mean, I guess it is a skill that she can't quite learn or figure out how to learn. So, like, it's kind of weird in that sense for her. So meanwhile, Cheap Cheap is at a bus stop and asks the person there if this leads to the college. The person there, only hearing monkey noises, looks at Cheap Cheap and then looks back at her phone. And of course, Cheap Cheap makes the joke that no one actually talks anymore because they're on their phones. But she was texting someone. And that is a form of communication, even if it's not verbal or talking, whatever. So Blythe and Russell spot Cheap Cheap, but Cheap Cheap gets on the bus as it appears, and then they lose him again. 
So Cheap Cheap tells the bus driver that he forgot his change and asks if he could ride for free. So at least he's courteous if a bit dumb, because, like, apparently the bus driver uh, didn't notice him, and when he notices him, he kicks him off the bus saying, no monkeys on the bus, which Cheap Cheap finds to be a rule that discriminates against monkeys. And I guess he's right. See, this is this is another thing that, like, this show is weird on. Because, like, like they're complaining that it's discriminatory, and it kind of is, but, like, because humans just see animals as animals and not human-ish, but still animals, there's conflict. And... It just kind of feels like whether or not animals are animals or animals are humans. It's kind of a line that it just swerves on. Like, one minute it's for this, and another minute it's for the other thing. And both are just kind of for joke. And it's not... It really is confusing. So, um, Cheap Cheap then thinks that he can get a better view from the tall building he spies and climbs up. So Minka and Young Me find him climbing up the building, and Minka climbs after him in an extended Indiana Jones parody, which is probably one of the most tamest things you can parody in a kid's show. Like, they're, they're, name me a show that didn't do an Indiana Jones parody at some point. Like, that list is going to be shockingly low. So, anyway. So, in this imaginative sequence, I think it's by Minka, because she and Young Me are talking, and Mink is in control of the thing, but Young Me would also be interested in the talking of. But uh, I think because they understand each other, and Minka can understand Young Me, it's probably Minka's. So they are in the cave of the golden monkey, and they are after said golden monkey. So Minka asks Young Me to stay behind. And Minka goes for it. But uh like she like has to swing over alligators, which she does, and she does the hat thing that you do in every Indiana Jones parody. And then uh the floor crumbles and it's really lava, and then she gets to the golden monkey, but everything twists and she loses it. And asks Young Me to save it. And then it doodly doots back into reality. Where the falling golden monkey is cheap cheap. And Minka is asking Young Me to catch him. So how did cheap cheap fall? This is something that's kind of blurred over in the, in the fantasy. Because like. In the fantasy, 
like Inca drops the golden monkey. But was that on purpose for reality? Because like reality didn't switch gravity like her imagination did. It's one of those things. Uh, I don't know. So, uh, young me is confused about it, but then sees Cheap Cheap and wants to catch him. However, their heads collide, and Cheap Cheap and young me eventually end up looking at the opposite directions. And Mink is telling young me to turn around, and uh, she does, but also Cheap Cheap does, and Cheap Cheap escapes while young me wonders what Mink is saying. So, Cheap Cheap, Blythe, and Young Me are all making a break for whatever they're after. And it then turns into a Pac-Man reference where they have a map. They actually have a map. I kind of got my wish. It's not a great map. It's not a complete map. And I don't know what everything is. But all the locations that they go to are marked and have a sort of point of reference uh, I just I don't pause it to actually figure it out because like it's not a full map I don't know what I'm entirely supposed to get out of it but there is a map so there's that so uh, we then go to cheap cheap at a construction site but the workers kick him out, and Blythe passes asking for Cheap Cheap. And then Cheap Cheap goes to the park and asks some joggers, but they don't get anything. And he complains about how people are lacking the art of conversation these days. Man, Cheap Cheap really is kind of the jerkwad, like, who thinks he's smarter than everyone. I guess and it comes to this, but I mean, he really doesn't, like, I'm sure they would answer if they could understand him, he just doesn't know that. He just thinks everyone's being rude to him, but, I mean, okay, the bus driver kind of was. So was the construction, oh no, the construction worker, like, he has his priorities. So, uh, he doesn't get anything on the joggers. He then heads to the zoo, which is separate from the park. And also by a golf course, according to the map. Not like a mini golf course, either. It's like a golf course. But it seems smaller than a regular golf course. But it still has all the fixings of a regular golf course and not a mini golf course. So... Whatever. So at the zoo, he's hitching a ride on a bike, and the bike rider uh, freaks out while the cheap cheap is just complaining about the bogus incident and saying he wants to make a petition and asks if they really work. Oh, yeah. So animals know how to work a tablet in this universe and other technological things. So why don't they just use that? And like, I mean, like, even if you have one animal 
to translate like that. Once you have that in this universe, you have everything. Because there is no difference among animals. Like, I mean, okay, I completely get that that is a necessity for the show. The show cannot function if different animals can't talk between each other. So clearly they can't do that. But then what is it? If it isn't, then what is it? It's this whole thing that I just can't wrap my head around. So yeah, as I said, the biker freaks out and we see him like jump into a tree with more monkeys on it. And I'm going to have to say monkey being pink is a genetic thing that she got from the parent that isn't related to Cheap Cheap's family and like like there's there's a hair coloration gene that's recessive because the monkeys in the monkey tree in the zoo are also all brown and if this were Pokemon rules like even even if this was Pokemon rules, the lowest gender variation you can go is a 1 to 7 ratio, or like 1 out of every 8 times you get a female and a male, and I don't think that's how it works. So, so among that and the other things, this probably isn't Pokemon. So, Cheep Cheep continues on the bike while Blythe gives chase, but Cheep Cheep gets to the college, and not only is he still on the bike, which is probably magic at this point, Team Young Me and Minka get there first, because Blythe has to go around for some reason. This is in the Pac-Man map, so I don't know. So Minka sees Cheep Cheep and points him out. Young Me infers that she's excited and has to do with Cheep Cheep. Minka points to Cheep Cheep, exacerbated this time, and Young Me sees him, and that they're raring to go. However, the stoplights change, and Young Me can't see due to traffic. Minka gestures to be picked up, and Young Me gets it and does. Minka sees Cheep Cheep and shrinks and excitedly tells Young Me, and Young Me infers that as well. So once the stoplights change again, uh... Young Me tells Minka to lead the way, and then they meet up with Blythe, who just got there. And Young Me is excited about non-verbally communicating with Minka. Blythe doesn't quite get it and says that, uh, you can explain it later, but right now we need to focus on getting to Cheep Cheep. They run in and see that the award ceremony is in the main auditorium. They go after there, but Cheep Cheep gets there first and is excited to show the professor that the helmet works. So the professor is explaining what happened when Cheep Cheep comes into the awards, and the committee is curious about this. So, uh, 
Blythe, Russell, Youngmi, and Minka arrive and are too late to stop Cheep Cheep, who really wants to tell the professor his invention works. And Youngmi can see this even, and this gives Minka an idea. So the professor activates the helmet, and it goes gibberish again, and the committee laughs. And the professor at the committee says that funny isn't going to get rewards, which Professor Sheeperman says, I know. Cheep Cheep doesn't understand, and Minka comes down and explains that Blythe is the only human that can understand animals. And Cheep Cheep is down about this, but Minka asks if he and the professor can communicate. Cheep Cheep says, yeah, but not with words, and Minka wants him to show that off. Cheep Cheep goes up, and he and the professor communicate their affection for each other. And by, like, pets and affirmations and, you know, that stuff. So, uh, Cheep Cheep also wants a treat. And the professor asks which flavor and gives him a peanut butter one. So, Professor Superman remains dejected, but Blythe comes in and salvages it by explaining basic nonverbal communications to a bunch of professors that should know about this, but they appear to be impressed. So, in essence, like, I'll let this slide, because this is a kid's show, and for the presentation of a kid's show, someone's learning this for the first time, so really, that's not something worth complaining about. And B, Blythe, explains that like we often forget nonverbal cues in the pursuit of verbal communication so they have that underlying thing as well where like even the smartest people can forget some basics maybe that's to cover for this show's writing or this episode's writing well show in general this episode in specifically so the committee is impressed and sees what Blythe sees as well. And they ask Professor Superman how he knew that Cheep Cheep liked peanut butter. Superman starts to explain, but he realizes that he can't and just says he just knew. So the committee convenes. And Minka says, I hope he at least gets Mr. Congeniality, which I like, I like that. So, the head of the committee explains that his work is exemplary. Even if the results weren't what he intended, these results are fantastic. And he also says that there's a little magic in science, which I would think science is the antithesis of magic. But, you know, I'm for science-magic fusion. I'm fine with that. So, like, he also says that everyone has a bit of magic in them. And is this implying that Blythe has a bit of magic in the medicines? But whatever, the committee decides to give the top of the Nord to Professor Superman. So back at Sweet Delights later, Buttercream is trying to communicate with Young Me, but this time it works, and Buttercream demonstrates that she wants food, and Young Me gives it to her. Blythe walks in and sees that everything is going well, 
And young me says that she might not have Blythe's gift, but she can manage. Buttercream says, you're the smoosh debushiest of all the smoosh debushies, young me, and gives her a hug. And young me says, I don't know what she said, but she said a mouthful. And Blythe says she sure did. And that ends the episode. So, I like the episode. I thought I didn't like it, but I actually do kind of like it. Uh, it. It's a fun, interesting episode, but it, it's fundamentally flawed. Because, like, okay, this episode's asked a lot of questions that the series doesn't seem prepared to answer. And, like, I mean, you could say that about a fair amount of the episodes, and certainly, like, a good amount of the episodes going forward. It's just... I don't know. It's the whole, like, MLP, Phineas, and Verb fusion problem that, like paints the series like like it's trying to appeal to both crowns but it just picks up the wrong things from each or not wrong but like conflicting things like the reason I don't need to ask why Phineas and Ferb can use all of these tools is because that's not important to the series whereas like the the fundamental you know basis of the show is important and if everyone's trying to chase it as this episode like suggests that it is then Where's the answer to that? And granted, like, not having an answer can be valid, but this just seems, like, peculiar, especially because there are ground rules to it, like, it just kind of wants us to accept everything, but they also lay out ground rules. It's like if, like, a basketball game was being played, and then suddenly the arena turns into ice, and we're all given, like, lacrosse sticks. And then we ask, oh, so we're playing Calvin Ball now? And they're like, nope, we're still playing basketball. But we say, clearly, we aren't. The ring is ice, and we have lacrosse things. This is obviously Calvin Ball. No, we're still playing basketball. These are the rules to basketball. Except, no, this isn't the rules to basketball. It's, that's the whole thing with, like, this series... It's just, it seems like it's building up to something. We're seeing piece by piece of information 
that seems to be going somewhere. And fair enough, we might not know where at this point. That's that's fair. You could write something that puts everything together at or near the end, and that's fine. But it's also playing like it's doing none of that. But it clearly is doing that stuff. And backing up a bit, I'm not saying Calvin Ball is a bad way to run a series. It's a good way to run a series if you know how to do it. But this show kind of just wants both. And that's the underlying problem and has been since the series has begun. So I'm just going to leave you with this. It's like jam without butter and bread. You can eat it out of the jar if you'd like, but it'll be messy. And that is it for this episode of Littlest Petcast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go. When they have a partial map and its giant Pac-Man reference. And be sure to tune in for the next episode, The Sister Story. I shall see you then. By the way, the working title for this episode was To Translation Error is Human, To Understand is, um, what is it? And I know that's a mouthful, which is why I didn't go with it.